week's episode of the top five report the podcast that's pretty sure that gunther sold miss whiskerson to dr evil my name is drew i'll be your host for the evening along with me as always is my brother peter here how's it going (laughs) so um so this is kind of a goofy podcast because we wanted to make sure we had a show for our listeners and normally we would do something early so a show would drop and then <laughs> they would have something for like a, oh, us taking a week off for Christmas. But because of our poor planning, Christmas came out of nowhere. And when I say came out of nowhere, um, I'm at work the other day and someone goes, can you believe Christmas is next week? And I'm like, yeah, apparently. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I felt the exact same way this year it just like crept up on me i don't know if um my works i know i i work at home so it might be a little different than you i probably just kind of got in the zone and didn't realize how much time was passing but i had the same moment i was like wait christmas is next week damn i've got a lot to do (laughs) well it wasn't i got a lot to do it was more like oh hey that's a thing that we're about to do. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm 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 a pretty bad pretty bad with last minute shopping, so I had a lot oh. of stuff to get done. Yeah, this was more of a for me it was more of a wow, all right, I guess we're doing that. Like, all right. I, yeah. So what are the plans? Why uh, who what family members am I actually seeing this year because of, you know, COVID? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know that kind of thing. So Uh, That being said, this episode is being recorded pretty close to the date of the last episode we recorded, so pretty much no news dropped. When I was scouring the internet, there are so many – this is end of the year times, so so many websites are – you know, places where I would normally traffic for news to talk about and things that you and I would normally be like, hey, did you see this? Let's talk about it. Everyone is doing their end of the year favorite stuff, like our favorite movie of the year, our favorite TV show of the year, our favorite whatever. Like that's all people are doing right now. So there's like no news because let's be honest, Jon Favreau, Dave Filoni with the work on The Mandalorian have saved 2020. So (laughs) (laughs) until we talk about uh, The Mandalorian tonight, there's like no news that happened. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But in a horrible Horrible oh, year sorry. had they saved 2020. Let's <laughs> let's tell you, like when Mandalorian was on, I forgot about COVID. <laughs> so. No, I, I absolutely agree. I, I feel like that was the that this last episode of The Mandalorian was so good. And it was like the Christmas gift that we all deserved after this horrible year. Um, so, no, I, I totally agree with that. I actually had that thought earlier today. Um, and then it, just in regards to the news, it's kind of funny because not including the days we recorded, there's only been three days <laughs> since our last episode. And like you said, it's like one of the slowest weeks for of the year for news anyways. So, yeah, I'm sure there's not a lot that we have to talk about. This, well, you know, tonight um, we'll get to news. I have literally one story and it's more of a clarification on something that we will be talking about tonight. So okay. it, it'll I'll just roll it in and then we'll do with a list. And this could be a short one tonight. But, hey, that means it's a short one. And I can go back to falling asleep in front of Clone Wars, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So that being said. Um, let's hold Mandalorian off because you know and I, you and I are going to talk about it. Um, so in the watching and reading category, we'll just know that we both watched Mandalorian. We'll talk about that re- briefly. But did you watch or read anything else this week? Yeah, um, I actually did get a chance to watch uh, one other movie I wanted to talk about. Um, this movie, uh, Love and Monsters. Are you familiar with oh, this at all? I have not seen it, but I know of it. Yeah, it's um, I can't remember the main actor's uh, name, but he's the uh, 
like the main character in the Maze Runner series, and he was also yeah. in uh, like Teen Wolf and stuff. And he's a pretty funny actor. Like I've liked the stuff that I've seen him in, but uh, this movie is really cool. Um, it's <laughs> one of those things where it was on Prime, and uh, my wife decided to rent it. Apparently, she had seen this movie in theaters, and I just didn't know about it. <laughs> <laughs> like she went with her mom to see it like back when All it right. came out or something. Um, and then, uh, but she, but she decided to put it on and it's really like, it's a really fun, like really cool movie. And, uh, the movie kind of, it reminds me a lot of uh zombie land in a way because it's this post-apocalyptic, um, love story where the earth is, you know, taken over by these horrible monsters, but they didn't do zombies. And I feel like for the last decade, like every movie like this has gone to zombies. You know, you have like zombie land, you have, um, I can't like warm bodies, like all, all, any, any, any movie that's going to do like a, teenage love story is going to do zombies at the same time, I feel. But this movie went with giant mutant versions of Earth's like actual creatures. So there's these all these crazy like giant bugs and toads and and all this like awesome, like crazy, gruesome action scenes and stuff. And and the way the the explanation for it is this sort of um, I'm not going to say exactly what it is, but there's this sort of nuclear fallout for lack of a better term that causes all the cold-blooded creatures to mutate so humans dogs like anything that's warm-blooded is still normal but all the cold-blooded creatures you know fish snakes frogs uh insects they're all like become they all became these massive monsters and uh it just made for a really cool setting and uh overall it's just a really good movie i don't know too much to say since uh you said you hadn't seen it and I don't want to spoil too much, but I definitely check it out. If you like, uh, like if you like zombie land, which <laughs> it's kind of one of those things like who doesn't, but if you want to watch a movie like that, I definitely recommend this one for sure. Right. Um, uh, that sounds cool. Yeah. Um, otherwise that's probably the, that's honestly the only thing I watch <laughs> besides Mandalorian. How about you? <laughs> um, so first off I discovered I've, I've continued on to my, uh, watching star Wars on Disney plus, And I realized, so here's the thing I own hard copies. I was thinking about this the other day. I own hard copies of every piece of star Wars thing I could get my hands on, except for aside from the fabled holiday special, uh, rebels, the show, like, Obviously, I don't own like like the important ones. I don't want to say I own like all of it because I didn't buy all the Lego Star Wars adventures or that are like resistance. So like I'm missing Rebels and I'm missing um, the Mandalorian because there's no hard copies in the Mandalorian. And I'm missing season okay. seven and I'm missing season seven of Clone Wars. I could very easily just put those on the Blu-ray player and go. But one of the coolest things about the convenience of Disney Plus is I could just keep watching. You yeah. Know? And um I uh, I have continued to watch Clone Wars, but when I turned on Disney Plus last night to uh, you know throw on Clone Wars before bed, like I've been doing, um, I discovered that there is um, something new on Disney Plus that made me chuckle. Um, okay, and it is ambiance scenescapes. <laughs> there, there's four of there's four of these. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. There's four of these. One of them, for example, um, it looks like it's I, it looks like it's nature stuff. I can't. I didn't really. I didn't turn that one on because that one didn't catch my attention. And there's one of them that looks like very artsy, um, like art type stuff that you might really get into. I didn't turn that one on. The other two caught my attention, so I turned on the one because it was Arendelle Yuletide Log, and okay. it's basically Anna and Elsa's fireplace in the Arendelle Castle. And it's just the fireplace. And every now and then Olaf walks by and waves at the camera or looks at the camera. <laughs> so I think I actually did see that on uh, um, Disney Plus one day. And I kind of was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and didn't well, give it the time of day. But that's kind of funny one, that you put that on. That I put on. The one that I put on and let roll for a little while and to, to see how long it would take my kid to realize what was on the screen is it's called Dory's uh, Reef Cam. And okay. it is a camera mounted in Dory's reef in the movie Finding Nemo. And it's just staring at the water where the fish swim by. So it turns your screen into a fish tank. 
and it is three hours of just fish swimming. <laughs> Very <laughs> but it's, interesting. But it's the Pixar character. So every now and then Nemo swims by or Dory swims by and looks at the camera like she sees something and then she gets distracted by another fish. <laughs> um, <laughs> three hours. So um, I put it on just to see how long it would take my kid to realize that it, what was going on on the screen. But what <laughs> made me laugh, what made me completely baffled by this is people with young kids like you, for example. Um, yeah. I could totally see you putting that on. There's no sound to it because it's a fish. It's just fish. It's like an aquarium. I could totally see you just putting it on and him being completely entranced by it. because Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. I should try yeah, it. But yeah, it's fish, but they're also cartoon fish. <laughs> <laughs> so like with the eyes and all that stuff, they are cartoon fish. It just it blew my mind. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. That's um, pretty funny. What what is this called again? They're like ambience. They're it's like scenescape ambience. If in the in the header, you know how they have those banners at the top on Disney Plus? Yeah. It's one of those. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what I'm thinking is like I'm for some reason, I feel like there's going to be some weird Internet like cult following of these ambient scenescapes or whatever they're called, where it's going to be like this weird ASMR thing <laughs> where there's like people obsessed with like, I can't fall asleep without watching my ambient scenescapes or something <laughs> like that. I'm just I don't know, I guess because the Internet has so many weird groups of people, I'm just waiting for, you know, this like scenescape cult to come out of nowhere or something like that. But uh, yeah, keep right. going. Well, no, I just thought it, I just thought it was interesting. It kind of made me chuckle. Um, mm. But before we get to the Mandalorian, which will kind of be more of a main discussion for us, I finally saw something very important. Okay. I finally <laughs> saw Tenant. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. I actually okay. remember you. You mentioned this in our group text. Yeah, and our so so. Uh, for, if you've been listening to the show for a while, Peter and I are brothers. We have two other brothers, so the four, we're two of four, I guess you could say. So the four of us have a group text, and I I just sent it out to you guys that I finally saw Tenant, and not one of you said a word to me. Like, yeah, okay, probably because our other two brothers are like, "What's Tenant?" Uh, <laughs> well, I just hadn't <laughs> seen it, so like. That's awesome that you saw it, but I just I don't have any comments on it yet. You know, no, it's it's totally fine. Um, so here's my review of Tenet. It's a it's a it's a quick review. Um, I had heard going in before I started watching it, someone had said something to me that one of the complaints was that there was too much exposition. Um, this is a movie about time travel, and it's a movie um, by Christopher Nolan, and he's got a lot of information he's got to cover. So, in terms so, of a Go ahead. Oh, no, I just think that's funny because, like, the, the one person I've talked to about this movie actually said they didn't explain enough or they didn't explain it well enough, <laughs> so, which is the complete opposite <laughs> right. of that uh, that complaint. So I think well, that's pretty and, funny. And I heard that going in that it was just there was a, there was too much exposition or a little too much. OK, to compare it to other Christopher Nolan films, I would say there is an equal. It is almost balanced identically to inception from action to concept to exposition in terms okay. of what the, in terms of like level of like needing to explain versus the action sequences i would compare it to inception in that fashion okay, okay? um because this is a movie about time travel this is a movie that is going to make your brain hurt so pay attention um this is a different style of style of time travel i think anyone has ever seen or tackled before um, and, uh, it's not the standard back to the future time travel. It's not, uh, 12 monkeys time travel. We're not dealing with, uh, I mean, the Avengers time travel made my brain hurt. This is a, this is different. If you pay attention, there's some things that are going to be unexplained because remember the, the big complaint that I had, it's not really a complaint. It's just in inception, the technology that was used to, um, explain uh, the, how they go through the end of the dreams. They never really explained how that tech worked, but yeah. but everything else made sense. So I had no problem letting that go because they have this tech that allows them to do this. Okay, 
And I kind of let it go because I don't need to sit around and make diagrams with straws. All I need to do is understand that this is the thing that gets them from point A to point B. This is the plot that's going on within the plot in point B, you know, um, because the rest of the story all connected correctly. Right. Uh, how the time travel works um, is not 100 percent explained, but they show you everything you need to follow through it. Um, and that's honestly the best thing I can say. Um, but it is incredible to watch what they achieved when you, the big thing that went through my brain when I heard that they were doing this movie is how do you make a movie like this? And as I was watching this movie, I was still thinking to myself, how do you make a movie like this? Um, this is one of the most ambitious movies I've ever seen. This is one of the most incredible movies I've ever seen in terms of visuals, in terms of story, in terms of scope. It's it's so it's such a tight, tight story, but it's so massive in its scope. Um, it really blew me away. There are some visuals in this um, like a reverse time car chase. That sounds that may sound weird on sentence, <laughs> but when you see it, your brain is going to go, holy crap. Um, the, uh, there's some stuff, there's a, there's a cool visual of, and this is not a spoiler. This is just a visual that I, that just blew my mind when you saw it. They know the building's going to explode from a rocket launcher at the top. No, at the bottom. So they shot the rocket at the top. So in the reverse time motion, (laughs) when it like, reconnects it explodes at the same time it's to see that happen like instantaneously is nuts <laughs> and that may sound weird but you're just like what <laughs> you know what i mean like um to watch it like reverse time and then forward time at the same time is really really cool and until you see it you're not really going to fully understand what i'm talking about yeah um, i can yeah, definitely I, say that i'm not really sure but um, um ex- oh Keep going. No, go ahead, man. Go ahead. I'm I'm just excited to see this movie, but I'm also just kind of really nervous about it because I feel like it's one of those things that I'm going to have to watch multiple times. And then to fully understand, like certain action sequences, <laughs> I'm expecting that I'm going to have to slow, like watch it in slow mo or frame by frame at certain parts just to grasp all of what's going on. Because I remember <laughs> even the trailer, I felt was like that a little bit. But um. Yeah, I'm just excited about it, but it is something that I'm kind of uh, scared about, too, I guess. Um, uh, you, don't, yeah. you don't have to watch it in slow-mo. You don't have to pay attention to it on the level that you're paying attention. What I'm saying is, is when I say pay attention, focus on when they talk, pay attention to what they're talking about. When they're explaining, when they explain the future stuff, that's important because what's going on in the present is being affected by the future because it's changing something in the past. Like the way they're handling the forward slash reverse, the backwards, all that stuff. It's crazy. Um, and there's some stuff that happened in the beginning, like just exposition wise, people are talking in dialogue. And then later there's some stuff that loops back around and you're just like, Oh my God, why didn't I see that coming? And then there's a couple things my brain caught like right away. I'm like, Oh, that's going to be the, you know? So nice. <laughs> um, it's just one of those things where you're like, they showed us that at the beginning of the movie and now we're looking at it from the thing and the, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's that kind of uh, time travel stuff where uh, you spot it and it's just, it's amazing. Um, I was, I'm incredibly, incredibly impressed with the movie. It's definitely one of the coolest movies I've seen this year. Um, I highly recommend it. I'm really bummed that I didn't get to see it in full IMAX glory because I think the whole movie, aside from a couple things, were shot with IMAX cameras. Yeah. Uh, uh, this is not a – there's a really cool scene that has nothing to do with time travel, um, but they do a backwards bungee jump, which is awesome. <laughs> weird okay when i say backwards i, I mean can, I, from, from the ground up bungee jump it's cool uh, okay so it's, it's just like wow because when he when they're talking about it i'm just like how what and then you see it and you're just like damn that was cool mm-hmm. um there's some it's just someone really put together christopher nolan really put together this really amazing film and i cannot recommend it more um but it's gonna make your brain hurt um i will say this if you went and saw Rise of Skywalker in the movie theater and you got treated to that 10 minutes of footage from Tenet and you're just like, this looks cool. I want to see this movie. I will say this. 
that was the first 10 minutes of the movie. Um, so it's not like they gave you like a middle section. They literally showed you the first 10 minutes of the film. So, okay, nice. Um, I did want to ask, cause you did mention you weren't able to see it in IMAX. Um, where did you watch it at home? Is it streaming somewhere I, or I um, watched it at home? Um, I watched it at home and I basically went, you know what? Screw this. And went out and bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, no, I mean, I, I, like, I don't blame you at all. I just, it was the, I'm not waiting anymore. I need to see this movie. And when I got it home, I looked at the stuff going on for the weekend and I'm like, the only thing that has to happen this weekend is I need to watch this before I record the show. <laughs> that's awesome. It is. Well, a three cool. hour, it is a three hour sit though. So be prepared for that. Nice. So. I, I look forward to watching it um, and I'll have to let you know what I think. It's one of those things where going in, I have no idea what to expect. I don't know if I'm going to like this movie or not. Um, I've pretty much liked every Christopher Nolan movie I've seen, but at the same time, it's this one just seems a little more esoteric in certain ways. So it'll be kind of interesting to see, uh, you know, what I think of this movie when I actually get a chance to watch it. Right. Yeah, it's I, I can't wait to hear what you got to say. And like people I talk to about movies in a general sense, I can't wait to hear what they got to say. So, um, yeah, uh, tenant. And and the meaning of the words awesome. And like, it's oh, man, it's just so good. Yeah, it's another one of those Christopher Nolan movies where you have to look up the, you know, the title and the dictionary. To no, grasp no, you don't. They, no? They, ex okay. they explain it real. They explain the word, the title real fast. And, okay, fair enough. And then, yeah, they explain that real quick, and then you go from there. It's it's some cool stuff, um, and uh, yeah, and oh that oh the other thing about it is uh, Robert Pattinson's in it, and the there were a few times I was watching him real closely. I'm totally down for him being Bruce Wayne slash Batman. He's okay, not nice in this, in this movie. He's not as bulky as Bruce Wayne slash Batman would be. But I was really paying attention to just the <laughs> acting chops and like facial movements and like the chin, for example, because that's what you see in the costume. You know what I mean? Like, just I'm totally down for this. So mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah man. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, let's talk Mandalorian, shall we? Yeah, let's go for it. Um, okay, so season finale of Mandalorian. Um, so did, first, let me ask you this: Did you cry? Okay, so that's actually I didn't I didn't cry, but I was feeling I was getting the feels at the end, and uh, I was actually very impressed by that because, to be honest, like I do like this show a lot, but it hasn't really hit me in an emotional way. Um, you know, a lot of the episodes that I've seen along the way hasn't really hit me in that way. And I was actually surprised that I was like, wow, I'm actually like, you know, feeling choked up at the end of this episode. Is so it? I was actually really impressed by that. So have you ever cried at Star Wars? Um, I'm not so like, sure. I, actually. Like I cried, I cried at the crawl for episode seven and episode eight. So that that during, during the crawl is when I, I got teared up because it was the I get to see Star Wars on the big screen. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just it's that bad. was, you know, yeah, for, for me, it was the the opening crawl of The Force Awakens was the closest that I would have gotten to that, because I do remember feeling kind of choked up when that opening crawl came up. And I was just it was just one of those things where I haven't had this feeling in so long and I had no idea that I was going to feel this excited and like it was going to hit me this way because like yeah I've been watching Star Wars for years but actually sitting in a theater watching a new Star Wars movie like I hadn't felt that way since um, you know the prequels so that 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 moment did kind of get me choked up I don't know if any other moments in Star Wars have it's possible they have or that they did, but I'm just not remembering it. But sure. um, yeah, I, I was impressed with this episode, the way it hit me emotionally. Um, this was just a really good ep episode overall. Um, a lot of really awesome action sequences. Um, it was it's one of those things where it was just good all around. So it's hard to know where to start. But I can say by the time the whole thing is done, I feel like 
it felt the most Star Warsy out of maybe all of the new Disney Star Wars stuff. <laughs> as weird as <laughs> okay. it is to say that, but I got the most. It just felt like so much of it felt right where like I, I do like the sequel trilogy and stuff, but I just think it hit like a lot of notes that maybe the sequel trilogy fell short on in certain ways. And just everything just had the right sort of uh, I'm not I'm not really explaining myself the best way, but it just I think they just hit a lot of the points the right way they should have in this episode. Um, yeah. I don't, that's my really vague review of it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's all good. The, uh, so did I cry? Let's start there. Um, I started to get the feels very specifically watching Luke crush his way through the dark troopers specifically. That's where I started to feel it because it was, I think it was more of an anticipation. Like we're going to get to see Luke. Um, what I was not expecting was young Luke. Um, I was expected like that young of a Luke. Um, and I'll say this, the, the CG was off just the slightest bit um, when he talked, but I totally let that go um, because of what they were trying to achieve. And because of what they did with Tarkin in Rogue One, I can't complain at all about the CG. Um, uh, Mark, uh, knowing that it was Mark's Hamill's voice, knowing that he was involved, I actually feel like I got that spoiled on me a little bit because he posted a thing about spoilers and just it was a thing like with him with a finger to his lips and just going Shh, like, don't say anything kind of thing. So I feel like that was kind of a spoiler. Like, I'm like, it's going to be Luke. I know it's going to be Luke going in, but it still was just the feels you got from that moment. Um the uh, the episode was absolutely astounding to watch. Just them wade through that ship with all the um, uh, taking down the troop any any troopers any whether it was the dark troopers or the stormtroopers or whatever. It just felt like you had these two directors, Favreau and Dave Filoni, just playing with their action figures. That's the, the the whole episode. More than any other episode of the entire series so far, that episode felt like two guys sitting at the table with their action figures having a good time. Um, (laughs) I would say that, but, but it all, all the action served a purpose. It was all leading to a point. It wasn't like mindless fight scenes. Like it all fit within the sort of, uh, mission they were trying to accomplish and stuff. And there was, um, they did a really good job of sort of, uh, each fight had every like single like action scene had its own sort of like, um, conflict climax resolution sort of uh, sequence to it. There's a lot of unexpected things that happened and the characters had to think on their toes to actually overcome like these different um, action sequences they went through. So like, yes, it did feel like they were playing with their toys, but they were doing it in a really smart way. I guess I'm just trying to add to that uh, description. No. And it makes that's perfect. The, um, Yes, everything everything had its point. Everything had its reasoning for being there, and it was just oh my god, it was just such a good episode. The um, and I'm glad it was the length it was. I was really concerned. I remember uh, Bryn sent me a text message that said uh, they all, it was just like a picture of her face, and like in her pupil of her eye was the Mandalorian helmet, and the text just read "Whoa." And <laughs> my response was, "Haven't watched it yet. Watching it when I get home." And uh, she sends me this uh, emoji back with the zipper over the mouth. And I'm like, I appreciate that. And then I said to her, I go, please, I go, however. And I did say, however, please tell me what the runtime of the episode is, because uh, the last few have been kind of short. And I really am hoping for a lengthy finale. And she sent me the runtime back. And I was like, thank God. Um, one thing I want to point out about the beginning of the episode that really struck me as odd was um, – and we don't have to go too deep into this, but it's just really like, wow, that's interesting. Is um, the the big speculation with fans is Boba Fett a Mandalorian? And um, prior to this show, the big speculation was, you know, you could argue on, you could argue back and forth all you want about Boba Fett being a Mandalorian because he, you know, you can say he looks like a Mandalorian, he wears the armor, that kind of stuff. But then you get to like the Clone Wars, and you find out. You get those lines of dialogue where, like, well, Django Fett's not one of us. And then you get to the Mandalorian episode and, like, well, yeah, he was. He was a foundling and blah, blah, blah. So going into this finale, we're all now in agreement that Boba Fett's a Mandalorian. 
until the beginning of the finale when Bo-Katan makes a comment about him not being one of them and the armor doesn't belong to him and all that stuff. And he's still like, well, the armor belonged to my father. It's mine now. And it's like the way that conversation went down, it's like Boba Fett doesn't care. So it was like, you guys can argue all you want if Boba Fett's a Mandalorian or not. Boba Fett as a person doesn't care if he's a Mandalorian. He's got the armor to honor his father, and that is it and a discussion. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And which, just, is, uh, which is great. I think that's perfect for his character. Like, um, I mean, not that we know a ton about his character going into this, but um, I mean, excluding like the extended universe and stuff, but just like I like the idea of Bo- or Boba Fett doesn't care. You know, he's just using the armor because it suits him and it works to his advantage and it was his father's, but he doesn't care about the Mandalorians or their creed or anything like that. So screw off sort of thing. Like I loved that personally. I found that very, very interesting. So it doesn't really matter what you think about Boba Fett as a Mandalorian or not. Like he wears Mandalorian armor, but that doesn't necessarily make him one and he doesn't care if he is or not. So it doesn't matter. Boba Fett is Boba Fett. And that's the end of the discussion. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. Um, and I don't know if that's the writers just going, that's just how we're going to play it or what. Um, I mean, I just thought I'm just like it was a weird takeaway at the beginning of the show. Um, but let's I talk think about it. Well, Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think it. I mean, spoilers, but I think it fits into the Boba Fett series that they're going to do, which I was um, just, which is a perfect segue because I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> it's the only piece of news that I got. Um, OK, so at the end of the show, you have the. Uh, announcement that Boba Fett, um, the Boba Fett show is coming. Now, why did they not announce that at the investors call? I'll bet you they did. I'll bet you they announced it to the investors only, but they didn't tell the public because that's how the episode, the season was going to end with the announcement of the show. Yeah. So the show is titled the book of Boba Fett and, um, it is titled Book of Boba Fett, and this is what I find very interesting. So Lucasfilm has clarified that the Book of Boba Fett, teased after the credits of the finale of The Mandalorian Season 2, will be a series starring Samara Morrison as the titular character Boba Fett, along with Ming-Na as Fennec Shand. The show's executive producers are John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and Robert Rodriguez, and the series <laughs> nice. they do on Disney Plus in in December of 2021. So this is the part that I think think is interesting. All that sounds amazing, but that means the Mandalorian season three premiere date is Christmas next year. Yeah, I heard about that too. Okay. okay. So Boba Fett and the Mandalorian are going to be two separate shows running at the same time, starting in the same month. Yeah, that's going to be great. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it's going to be awesome. I find it interesting. Like, is it, and I don't want to say this, but is it Mandalorian Overload? No, I don't think so at all. Okay. Because because I think you have, um, so you have the Mandalorian, which is this sort of, um, this weird sort of uh, space Western journey that you're going on. And I don't think that the Boba Fett show is going to be the same vibe. I think Boba Fett is going to be more of a CD Tatooine gangster sort of uh, storylines while, um, you know, the Mandalorian is going to be your more like adventure sort of thing where you're going to a lot of different planets and stuff. I could be wrong, but in my opinion, I feel like even though the characters might have similar costumes, I don't think it's going to be the same kind of stories that we're seeing. Um, and with that being said, like, I guess I can just throw in really quick that post credit scene where Boba Fett basically <laughs> kills a bunch of people and takes over Jabba's palace was so freaking awesome oh, by the um, way if you haven't watched the mandalorian finale big spoilers anyway <laughs> <laughs> but but it, it was one of those things where since they start since uh disney has uh gotten star wars and they started making these new movies i've just wanted to see some like hut stuff and some of that you know that cd uh underbelly you know that crime world on tatooine and stuff and they haven't really delved into it too much and uh 
as soon as I showed that shot of uh, Jabba's palace, I'm like, this is great. And then uh, I actually didn't know if it was going to be like another hut would have taken over the palace or something. No, but when it, it revealed it, yeah, of course it was Bib Fortuna. And uh-huh. it made total sense. But it was just it was that was just such a perfect like we haven't seen him in so long. This is what he looks like and what he's doing now. And it was just so perfectly done. And uh, just seeing Boba Fett. Uh, take him out and then sit on the sort of uh, throne in quotes like that was awesome. But it also, in my opinion, it reveals a lot about Boba Fett's character because it shows like this guy isn't just a hired gun. This is somebody who has aspirations like he probably has wanted to take over a uh, crime ring or take over Jabba's palace or something like that for a long time, even when he was working with Jabba. Um, So it's kind of cool to see he's not just a hired gun getting by. This is a guy who's probably going to try to take over some stuff, which is pretty neat. Yeah. Which so if you think about that, um, that means in return of the Jedi, Boba Fett was casing the place. Um, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, But uh, seeing Bib Fortuna sitting on the throne, Two takeaways I had from that, which made me chuckle so hard. Uh, Bib Fortuna has now gotten fat, um, <laughs> put, on, put on a lot of weight, which is fine. It shows passage of time. But the Gamorians were very lean. Did you notice that? The fat Gamorians from I Return didn't of think, Jedi. I didn't think from, too much into that. but They were very skinny, so clearly they're not being fed properly. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> um, and I did see a bunch of stuff when a few people uh, online and whatnot pointed out that Boba Fett, like when he walked in, he was standing over the uh, Rancor trapdoor. Yeah. Watch Star Wars Return of the Jedi and pay close attention to how that set up. The grating is not the trap door. The grating is for them to watch everyone eat the rank, the rank or eat whatever goes in there. The trap door is actually in front of the grating closer to the throne. You're Uh, absolutely right. Um, I didn't catch that, but that's a really good catch. So Boba Fett was standing on the grating and I was I was watching that real closely when him and Fennec walked in. I was like, oh, man, this could be crazy. Like, what's about to happen? And then when they walked in, they kind of they didn't they didn't cover that trap door at all they just stood on the grading the viewing grading i guess you could say yeah it i also was wondering like um obviously it wouldn't be the same rancor unless um i mean unless that one like didn't actually die and they're able to like revive him but i think that'd be kind of <laughs> silly but i was wondering is there another rancor down there or is uh is there some other creature you know like i was kind of wondering what's down there but um I'm sure we'll get to see in the book of Boba Fett, or at least I'm hoping so. But yeah, it was just like an awesome, like such a perfect post credit scene overall, in my opinion. Yeah, no, it was it was a perfect ending. It was a perfect bonus scene. Um, and uh, it was a perfect tease for that show. And then it was great that they gave us the title, the book of Boba Fett. So, right. Awesome. Um, I do have one more thought on the episode, um, but okay. it would cut it. We'd have to retread back a little bit. That's but um, when Luke showed up on uh, Moff Gideon's ship um, and he uh, so you see the X-Wing fly in. And so Im- immediately you're like. Immediately, I was like, is this Luke? And then I think they did a really good job, even though like, you know, it's Luke, like not showing his face and kind of letting that mystery be there. Like part of me was like, did Luke loan uh, somebody else's? Like I was kind of a little bit like I thought they did a good job playing up the mystery before he actually showed his face. But the other thing I was I actually didn't think of this until we were just discussing the episode. But do you remember the end of Rogue One? And there's that badass scene with Vader killing all the uh, stormtroopers. This was kind of like Luke's. Huh? There's been a lot of this online today. So go ahead. Comparing it. Well, this is like Luke's version of the scene where he is just kicking ass and going through all these troopers. But these are dark troopers. So they're (laughs) even more powerful than the ones that uh, Vader went through. So it's kind of more badass in a lot of ways, you know. Um, Um, So I I just thought of that. But that's really awesome. I didn't know people were talking about this online. (laughs) People were talking about online in this aspect specifically. It was the like my father before me stuff 
Like, yeah, says I'm, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. But they were showing the shot of Va- the, a lot of the memes I was seeing was it was like clip footage, like gifts where you have like the top picture was Vader wading through the, the rebels in Rogue One with the supercut of Luke doing it. And they picked a specific spot of Luke's where the lightsaber movements were like identical. Oh, cool. So it's almost like they did that on purpose in the like my father before me stuff, like mimic exactly what he did. But we're going to do it with Luke. Um, So, yeah, I totally hear what you got to say. And I do not remember the line of dialogue uh, for the identification of the X-Wing. But you saw the X-Wing flying in and she goes, oh, and Cara Dune goes, oh, one X-Wing. Great. But then you hear over the radio what type of X-Wing it is. And as soon as they said it, I knew it was Luke. (laughs) <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's it's they, they make a comment about the age of the X-Wing or the specific type or whatever. As soon as they say it, it's like, oh, that's Luke's X-Wing. You don't even have to question. It's like, oh, that's his X-Wing. So, yeah, good call. Um, I also one more thought. And then we talked a lot longer than I thought we were going to on this. <laughs> just looking at the clock um, and then we'll talk about the list. One more thought. I thought it was really, really cool. That one um, uh, Imperial trooper who was. Uh, giving Cara Dune shit for being from Alderaan and with the, you guys are terrorists. I was on the death star, blah, blah, blah. You know how many millions of lives were lost when you guys blew those up because there is that divide where the, the empire believes they're right. And the rebels in one flip of the coin in terms of the government for the civil war, the rebels were technically terrorists, even though they were fighting for a good cause, they're still technically terrorists. Um, so it was just an interesting dialogue then. And I'm like, wow, they've never touched that before in star Wars. So I just really appreciated them trying to do that a little bit. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, um, I think really good pieces of art can be interpreted multiple ways. And, um, it is cool to see them, um, acknowledge that and whether you actually want to believe that, uh, the rebels are terrorists or not, um, it's at least an interesting thing to think about and understand that um, the empire could frame you in that way, even if you're not a terrorist too. So it kind of depends on what side of the coin you fall on, but uh, I definitely do like that discussion for sure. And it is cool that they threw that in there. Yeah. Okay. You want to talk about the list? Yeah, let's go for it. For a show with no news, we talked quite long before we got to the listing. So, uh, Ryan, it is time for the list, so do me a favor and roll the thing. And now for the top five. Okay, man. Uh, so we did last week, we did our anticipated movies Um for 2021, which was kind of interesting because these schedules could get changed. So those movies might not actually come out. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, <laughs> now tonight we're going to do our anticipated television shows for 2021. And then at the end of this, finally, I get to make a pick. Uh, <laughs> so it'll, it'll go back to my list pick. So um, I technically, this would actually be kind of, if we follow the way it works, this would be your pick. So um, I would have to go first tonight. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like when we we did the movies list, I when the movies list we counted it as my list pick, so this kind of falls as yours. So um, I technically have to go first time if you think about it. Um, That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Um, I have no honorable mentions. Do you? I had two. Okay. Well, fire those off, and then I'll start with my first. I'm looking at my list, and uh, I'm realizing I didn't include that Boba Fett show, and I probably should have, but that's okay. (laughs) Well, how about this? One of the items on my actual list is a little bit of a cheat. So okay, okay, fair enough. So um, yeah, I I also will say like I actually thought this list was pretty easy um when it actually come down came down to looking what at what tv shows are coming out this year there's a lot of really big names and big things going on so i actually it wasn't too hard i didn't have to dig up like weird obscure shows that i didn't know what was going on so some of the stuff is like there's going to be shows dumping on netflix that we don't even know about yet i mean yeah it's like i just like here's the things i know i'm looking forward to (laughs) yeah absolutely Uh, let's put them in some semblance of an order and go with that so all right so what are your two honorable mentions 
Yeah, so my first one is uh, Loki, uh, the Marvel yeah, okay. uh, series, which I wanted to pick one of the Marvel series to mention at least because there's a lot coming out. But uh, when I actually looked at all the ones coming out, I think I'm most excited about Loki because um, I don't know. I, I do like um, the sort of like Thor world and Asgard and like all that sort of uh, the, the sort of like combination of Norse mythology and the superhero stuff I think is really fun. I don't know how much since Loki is going to be a series that does a lot of like time and location traveling. I'm not sure how much of Asgard will even see, but I do like that aspect of it. Um, I also Loki's a fun character and for a bit, I actually felt like he was getting overrated and overplayed a little bit, you know, when he was the main yeah, yeah. Uh, villain in the first Avengers. And uh, he was, uh, I, I just felt there's a lot of Tom Hiddleston like super fans out there who kind of make a big deal about the guy, which I like him as an actor, but it got a little, it became a little much at one point. And I think that's kind of dissipated a little bit, at least as far as I'm concerned, where I don't hear too many people making a huge deal about Loki. And I'm kind of like, okay, I could do with some more Loki now, you know, <laughs> I'm not annoyed sure. by it right now. Um, so that's the first one. And the second one I can keep pretty short because I just put uh, G4. Uh, G4, oh. uh, the channel yeah. is supposed to be returning this, e this year should, in I some way or another. <laughs> I should have put that on there, but I'm not going to change that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I know there's some sort of YouTube G4 reunion that I've seen in my recommended videos on YouTube. I haven't watched it yet. I think it's kind of a like podcast format, like, you know, watch the old G4 hosts catch up. But uh, yeah, it, I, this it's is basically what it is. Um, Allison Hayslip from G4 or Attack of the Show, those that space uh i listened to her podcast which they officially don't do anymore but they did like a special thanksgiving episode and she talked about the reunion so um so yeah i i knew of it i just haven't watched it so go ahead. yeah and this is this is one i'm just gonna keep my eye out for and see uh once g4 does start releasing stuff wherever that is i'm gonna try to at least try it out see if it has that same you know, the same magic that it used to have back right. in the day. And it's but. basically it's basically all the original hosts coming back. So it could it could be awesome. So we'll yep, see. Absolutely. Um, all right. So my first actual pick of the night is Titan season three. Oh, nice. Um, awesome. I'm uh, that show. I finally got caught up. I talked about it a few weeks back. That show blew me away. Very excited for it. Cannot wait. So. Yeah, I don't have much more to say other than because you haven't watched enough of it. Uh, but I haven't watched the second season, so I, I need to catch I, up. I but. cannot wait to see where it goes. Um, and knowing that uh, they're bringing the Red Hood in and then the Red Hood possibly is getting a spinoff show. Like, it's just it's it's one of those things where, like, a studio is out there doing the Lord's work and you're just like, thank you for doing what you're doing. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, what do you got? Okay, so I realized that this this list tonight could go pretty quick, but go yeah. Ahead. Uh, so my next pick is uh, Star Wars Visions, the um, the one you actually mentioned on our Christmas episode. Uh, it's mm. sort of like it's I guess it's a anthology animated series or something. Yeah, I don't know how like long anime, but it's anime. So, yeah. And I don't know how long the segments are going to be, but. I haven't, and this is another one I don't know a lot about, but from what I've seen, it's going to be kind of just like short films within the Star Wars universe done by different anime directors kinda, and studios. I kind of thought about it like um, The Animatrix. Yeah. was a good example that I was kind of like, oh, yeah, they, you know, and they did that for the Matrix film and they did that like DVD that was like all those animated shorts that was just like expounded things. So maybe that's kind of like what I thought of when I saw the Star Wars vision. So. And that's kind of I was thinking the same thing. And uh, I really like the Animatrix and, uh, you know, Batman Gotham Knight, Halo Legends, like a lot of these like animated anthology film collections, I think, are really fun. So that happening in Star Wars, I think, is actually pretty awesome. <laughs> um, that'll be really cool to see. Nice. All right. So my next pick for the night is He-Man. Uh, oh, that comes out this year. It's supposed to. <laughs> that okay, awesome. I forgot about He-Man. So, I'm excited. Okay. He-Man, the Masters of the Universe. Um, I listened to Kevin Smith's podcast. 
Um, he was talking about it on his Fat Man Beyond podcast and because someone asked for an update and he's like, OK, so here's the update. And he's like, I've seen the full episode of this completed. I've seen the full episode of this completed. I've gotten some scores sent to my house like he's it's clearly the show's going. I'm super excited for this just because I was a He-Man kid growing up. But the fact it sounds like they're taking a very adult approach to this. Like, let's take it as, you know, the other show was done in the way it was done. OK, but let's be very serious and take this seriously as we do it. Um, so it just it just sounds great. And when you the, the team that's behind the animation, I just I can't like it's it just makes me really happy to know something like this is being handled this way. So I can't wait. Yeah, I can. Yeah. I can definitely agree with that one. I didn't realize it was coming out this year, but I'm excited it's, for that. It's supposed sure. to be. So unless it's going to be one of those shows that gets pushed back. The problem is, is Netflix has this weird, you know, when you go, hey, show us a trailer, show us a trailer. And the studios will send out a trailer and you still have like a year to wait. Netflix, <laughs> Netflix is like, yeah, we'll show you a trailer like a month out. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's what I got. All right, I so. find that uh, just as a side note, I find that Netflix trailers usually give away too much of the story as well. Like uh, they just show too much. So usually I'll watch like the first 30 seconds or minute of a Netflix trailer and kind of like, oh, this looks cool. And then try to, you know, do my best to turn it off because I don't want to see any spoilers or whatever before actually watching the thing. But, yeah, that's an awesome pick. I'm excited for that one, too. OK, Um. All right. So, so what do you got next? yeah, my next one is uh, Peacemaker, which is supposed to come out, I think, August of this year. And this is uh, the Suicide Squad spinoff, which yep. um, will be starring John Cena. And um, I don't know if James Gunn is producing it or directing a couple episodes or how that all breaks down. But um, this is me going I love what James Dunn did with Guardians of the Galaxy, and I like some of the other things he's done a lot. And uh, knowing that he's doing another superhero thing within the DC universe, and this is a spinoff from that, and it's starring John <laughs> Cena, I think it's just going to be a really fun show, and that's kind of what I'm hoping. I don't know a lot about plots or what the show is going to focus on, yeah. but it's just excited. It's just exciting overall, in my opinion. So I don't know if you have any thoughts on Peacemaker specifically, but aside from being excited to see it, um, no, because we don't know enough. <laughs> so yeah, it made my short list, but that's all I got. So <laughs> nice. Um, all right. So my next one for the night is Castlevania season four, I think. OK, there's actually a new season coming out this year, then. Uh, yeah, I, well, again, it's supposed to be, um, okay. but yeah, man, just, I need to catch up on that too, but I'm just, yeah, that's awesome. I'm just waiting. Well, if there's, I've seen the three seasons, so yeah, I just was drawing a quick blank on which season was coming out. Um, so yeah, um, I'm just excited for Castlevania. This is, it's the same animation team from the He-Man series. Um, it's just, I'm, I was a fan of those games when I was a kid. The show is phenomenal. I can't wait for more. So Yeah. And I don't know how long it's going to run. So as long as they're going to give it to me, I'm excited. So <laughs> absolutely. Well, that's uh, that's another one I'm excited about, too. But I need to catch up on a third season. And uh, I've actually been thinking about it a lot lately, like the last couple of weeks. I'm like, I really need to watch the new Castlevania season. And I just haven't done it yet. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, that'll be awesome to see when it finally comes out. Um, I could probably roll into my next one then yeah. if you're ready okay cool uh so the next one i picked which this is like a massive undertaking that's going to be released but i went with the lord of the rings tv show which i don't know if it has an official title at this point um and this one is pretty similar to my last two picks where i don't know a ton about it but i don't really want to what i want is a high budget epic fantasy tale and i think i'm gonna get that and uh that's just really exciting for me knowing the budget that's going into this and uh i hope it's good but i'm gonna be watching regardless because it the, I, the idea of it is just a really cool thing in my opinion uh, i don't know if you have any thoughts i haven't really heard your thoughts on the lord of the rings tv series much at all drew um well, it the, the budget you mentioned, um, the uh, 
the budget you mentioned, for those of you who don't know, it the first season got a one billion dollar budget. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is Jeff Bezos, so why not? Um, oh, it's on. It's going to be on Prime. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, that makes Prime. sense. Um. So yeah, the uh, um, what I know is I'm excited to see it. I'm very curious to what they're going to do. That kind of budget makes me wonder what they're really throwing at this. Um, it's going to be on prime, so it'll be easily accessible. Um, I don't really have much more to say about it because I've seen Lord of the Rings and the story. So it's not like, are they doing something different? Are they like going to really try and weave in the similarian? Like what is the plan? Um, and they've been very quiet. I didn't even, this wasn't, this didn't make my short list cause I didn't know if it was actually supposed to be out this year or 2021. So I don't, I, 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 did, I did look at a couple sources and it, I think it did say it's supposed to come out this year but it's unspecified what date, if I remember correctly. So it's kind of a wild card. They might delay this one. I'm not really sure. Um, and then to answer your other question, like like I said, I don't know a lot about this one. While researching for the show's show, I did see a couple articles, and I want to say one of them said it was going to focus on a young uh, Aragorn, but I might be wrong. I don't know if that's actually what it is going to be. So, yeah, it's kind of a wait, let's wait and see. I just think overall just the uh, the idea of the show existing is really exciting. And uh, we're just all itching for more um, epic fantasy, you know, big budget TV series, you know, with no Game of Thrones on right now. And uh, it taking so yeah, long for they a have, new Witcher season come out. You know, we're looking for something a, else. They have a year about they have a year to get um something out before that game of thrones show comes out so <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Good yeah point. put it that way um all right well my next pick for the night is wandavision um oh cool i'm so excited for the show and when they listed out the uh the shows that were coming um i was actually surprised that I was expecting myself to be more excited for Falcon and the Winter Soldier because I loved the Winter Soldier storyline and how they handled it. Um, but the more we find out about this WandaVision show, the more excited I get. Like, I just can't wait. Just give it to me now. January 15th, I know, but just give it to me. So we're a few weeks out, actually, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, so um, I can say WandaVision. So I chose loki as an honorable mention and uh wandavision was the other uh show that almost came to making my list because i've said in the past like i still feel really lukewarm on the title of the show and uh just hearing that 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 you know the title wandavision originally kind of like it kind of like I was kind of like, I'm not going to watch something called WandaVision. <laughs> That's such a goofy title. But the more I see of the show, like the trailer for it, it just looks so bizarre and intriguing in a lot of ways. And I kind of expect it to be weird and really interesting. And I actually really am looking forward to WandaVision as well. Um, and I'm the same way. Like, I would think. Falcon and Winter Soldier is the one that I would be more excited about because I like both of those characters. I really like um, and I don't know if they're going to go into this, but like in the comics, when Falcon took over as uh, Captain America, I think that's a really cool concept because then you have a Captain America who can fly, essentially, which is just really cool overall. But um yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but WandaVision looks really interesting, and I just keep thinking back on that idea. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I so, didn't mean to derail you. I didn't know no, if you were no, going to no. say more about this show in particular. Until, but Until we know more, until the show comes. Like I said, we only got a couple weeks left, and then we can start watching. You know what I mean? Like I <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. Uh, what's your next pick, man? Okay, cool. So... Oh, man, I don't know how I want to do this because. You know, I was going to say it in a certain order, but I'm going to do it different because I feel like we're in a somewhat match. So I will go with uh, this is the one I was going to pick last, but uh, Stranger Things 4 is expected uh -huh. to come out uh, probably this summer. And I am pumped for it. Uh, I love Stranger Things. I think uh, I've really enjoyed the seasons that were out. I think this new season, there's a lot of sort of uh, questions and mysteries that we're all waiting to hear about. Um, I really like that the show has kind of it's always had that sort of weird um, government conspiracy aspect to it, but it's kind of 
slowly even focused more and more into that with how the uh, the whole like Russian thing is factoring in and stuff like that. And uh, I'm expecting there to be a lot more just weird experiments with the upside down and the different creatures that come out of the upside down. And uh, yeah, this one, it'll just it's also the thing is the cast of characters in Stranger Things. At this point, anybody who's watched the show has kind of uh, gathered a fondness for this ca- for these characters. So it will be nice to watch that first episode and just be like, oh, this is where my friends are. You know, I get to s- catch up with my friends again. So that'll be really cool. Uh, any thoughts on Stranger Things, Drew? Um, I can. This is a show that made my short list. Um, but yeah, like I'm. I, I really, really am excited to see what their plan is because they they said they were going to have a plan and then it's they and then they kind of reneged on the plan a little bit and then they went back and were like no 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 we're going to do this anyway so I'm really just like yes I can't wait to see what they're going to do. So to be honest, from what I've seen from the Duffer Brothers is like they're always like oh we don't really have a plan yet it's going to take a while for us to figure out this next season and then it'll end up coming out way sooner than you have expected because i feel like they've said that every season to be honest like i feel like season two they're like okay yeah we're gonna really take our time with this one it's gonna take a while to get it written and then before you know it the next trailer's out so that's at least what i've gotten from them but you know yeah um uh so um i guess it's my last one right so this one's a um uh this is the one that's kind of a cheat. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm, yeah, I'll just say it. Uh, it's Star Wars in a general sense. Okay. Um, and the reason <laughs> I say that is because technically next year we're going to get Boba Fett season one, Mandalorian season three, and potentially Bad Batch. Uh, they didn't really have an announcement, uh, a release date for that, but I think that's going to be like an earlier show that's going to drop on Disney plus and being animated. I don't think they're going to push it the way they're going to push Mando or Boba Fett. So, um, yeah. So the fact that we're going to have those, and then you brought up star Wars visions. Um, it's just, you know, those went through my head. You know what I mean? I was like, wow. So star Wars is pumping out a bunch of shows and there's a bunch of them that are going to release next year. That's awesome. You know? So, yeah. And, uh, this is the one where we kind of matched cause I chose Mandalorian season three, <laughs> but, uh, in retrospect, um, I might be looking forward to the Boba Fett show more. I'm not really sure at this point, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> right. absolutely. There's a lot of really cool stuff coming from star Wars. And, uh, honestly, after this last season of the Mandalorian, like I have, like, they have all my confidence, like all my faith is in them. Cause I really think they're, if they do everything at the level of this last Mandalorian season, like they're just going to keep knocking these shows out of the park. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but I just, I was really impressed with what they did in this last season and I just can't wait for more. So yeah, me too. Um, uh, yeah, I just, we could be, we could look, if I don't stop us now, we're going to be talking all night. Um, so that's kind of the end of the list, man. That's all five picks for both of us. Um, yeah, this was, this seemed pretty quick. I mean, I don't know how long we've been recording, but it seemed like a shorter episode. It's been recording normal time. Um, so, um, how about this? So next week, here's my list pick. Okay. I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw a weird one at you. Um, we are going to do games. Um, and I'm not necessarily referring to video games. I'm referring to tabletop games. So your five favorite games. Interesting. Okay. Uh, now, now, last year, I had to do a holiday-esque show solo. I did it on my own. You weren't with me. Um, I talked about games that I – five games that I like to play, like, with family members, like at parties and stuff, because – Party games bother me. They really do, um, because you can only how many how many hands of Cards Against Humanity can you play before you're like, okay, we need to do something else. Um, <laughs> so I did a so I did a podcast where it was it was just me and I was talking about games that I think would be really fun to play with the family when you're doing holiday stuff. Um, you can go that route if you want. I was kind of looking at going. I like playing games in general. Um, 
forget playing with like large groups of people. What are my favorite games? And I thought that'd be kind of a fun one. It's a weird one. Um, it's not the normal thing that comes out. It's not a movie or a cartoon or anything like that. It's let's sit down and do that, you know, that kind of thing. So yeah. I think this this sounds like a really fun list. It sounds like there's no limits. Like it sounds like it could be any game with a tabletop setting. Yep. Um, and then does that that includes like poker and card games like that? Sure. And yeah, then my my uh, thought was my thought was no video. Unless unless you have one of those weird 1980s video games where you have to put a tape in the VCR <laughs> and you still have the board game, but you have to use the VCR. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I was going to say that that scratches uh, seen it off my list. <laughs> well, it's just if you have a game that requires a board, you're you're you're, you're playing a normal yes. game with a board and then you have to put or cards, I guess. And you have to put something on the TV, but it's an interactive. I'll count that because technically it's still a game. It's just not. Uh, it's not something you play on the Nintendo or the Xbox or something like that. You know what I mean? Okay. What about uh, role-playing games? Role-playing games count because it's still a game. Okay, not... so it's just tabletop. Okay. It's, it's specifically good. focused on tabletop. So That's awesome. Uh, I think um, I do think I might have a little bit more uh, – a little – mine might my list might be a little bit more party game focused than yours, but it'll <laughs> still be a fun discussion. Um, I also have a funny theory about um, – I have this I have kind of a funny theory about how Cards Against Humanity used to be fun and it's slowly it's not as fun as it used to be. <laughs> but we can get into that discussion uh, next week for sure. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, in that case, um, do us all a favor. Uh, check out our website, top five report dot com. There you'll find links to all of our social media, Twitter and Facebook, along with a link to our email, top five report at gmail dot com. You can hit us up with the show. You can hit us up at the show there or on our social media. Either way works. Um, we are on Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. Um, you can uh, subscribe to the show, and if you do, you will not miss a single episode. Um, you can also leave us a review, which we love the five stars, but we understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say feel important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Peter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre. And that's where I will be talking about how much I am looking forward to Randall's summary of every episode of the upcoming Lord of the Rings TV series in Clerks 3. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Um, this is the top five report. I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye.